Welcome to the Sex and Spirituality Podcast, a show where we have real deep conversations about everything from love, dating, sexuality, mental health, to trauma, spirituality, metaphysics, healing, and all things new age and woo-woo. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a yoga instructor, poet, Reiki healer, and graduate student studying forensic psychology with a focus on sexual health. As a spiritual teacher and student, domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, sex educator, coach, and counselor, I hope these vulnerable conversations will inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help you better your life and the people around you. I thank you so much for listening and hope you have a sexy day. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. Happy Monday. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Thank you for joining me today. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, My weekend was definitely eventful. Maybe I'll get into it. Maybe I won't uh, in the next week or so. But I'm getting ready to go on a vacation to Florida. I'm really excited to go on Friday for an engagement party. I'm from the East Coast, and I live in New York, so it's super cold. The weather is up and down constantly, and I can't wait to get out of New York. Uh, Long Island has served its purpose for me, given me a very thick, tough skin, Um, but it's time to move on, and my boyfriend's family is from Florida, so I'm going to explore it and check out some colleges down there, potentially doctoral programs, and we'll see where it goes, but that's another talk for another day. Today, I want to talk about something that's really been irking me the last couple of days, and that is fake friends. And I know I might get some backlash if people listen to this podcast that uh, assume it's about them. But I guess if you're assuming it's about you, it's probably because you resonate with it on some level. But I just need to talk about it because it's really been like, I realize that I think I'm not that I'm too forgiving because forgiveness comes from the right mind and it comes from love and we should be responding from love instead of fear and the ego and all things like that. But I've realized that you can definitely forgive someone mentally, but not physically have them in their life. And I think that's what this has come to. A lot of times I've let people walk all over me and take advantage of me and I end up feeling resentful and regretful and it just keeps happening over and over again. And I think when people show you who they are, you have to believe them because true colors will be revealed. And I'm starting to realize that as I take an inventory of people in my life, their true colors are really not so bright. So a lot of times I've let people back into my life that really don't deserve a spot there. Um, I can't judge these people because I've had a lot of times where I've been flaky and constantly bailing at the last minute. But as I get older and I try to be more authentic and truthful and sincere, I've learned to not say I could do something if I don't plan on doing it. Or I've learned that if I can't make something to let someone know, not just say maybe and then leave it up in the air Um, or make plans, but then something better comes along or I have other plans. So then I cancel. It's the fact of being unreliable, which feels disrespectful to me. 
personally at where I'm at, at 26 years old in my life, um, or only coming around those friends that really only come around when it is convenient for them. And it's the fact of, it's sort of like friends and family and dating kind of all go together because if you were dating someone and they were inconsiderate or they were rude or they don't answer you, then you would probably cut them out of your life, right? Because that's toxic traits we shouldn't put up with. Um, Or something that I'll give an example for, if this isn't making sense. So I have a couple people that will text me and ask me to do something or hang out. And then if I can't do it, they just won't answer me anymore. They'll kind of just end the conversation there, cut off communication because I can't hang out with them that day. And then they won't talk to me for a few days or weeks until they ask me to hang out again. And then if I can't, they'll just stop answering. And this has always irritated me and aggravated me because I personally find that to not be very kind. Um, It's kind of like, oh, well, you'll only acknowledge me or be responsive if I can do what you want me to do. And it comes down to not respecting my time or people not valuing their word that has been markers of just not great character that I've noticed or people not following through, not having integrity when making plans. And this is something I've been working on that my words and my actions need to align. I would like to, or I aim to at least, operate out of a place of dignity. And when someone has a little dignity, they could really only add so much to your life. It's that whole, um, I don't know if anyone here has read The Four Agreements. I'm assuming you have because this is a spirituality podcast, but it's the value of our word. When you say you will be somewhere and then you're not, or when you cancel, especially at the last minute, can you imagine if you went like scheduled an entire date or plans and then your date cancels on you five minutes before those plans? Like how pissed off would you be? Would you even still talk to those people? But I think somehow we feel this obligation to our friends. We feel tied to them, like we owe them something. And then something that happened this weekend is someone basically bailed and was just flaked on me. And then they posted on Instagram that they went out And I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're going to lie to me and say you can't do something, at least block me from seeing your post or just like hide your story from me because (laughs) that's what like I can't wrap my mind around. If you're going to lie, at least be a good liar. Um, But real friends will not make excuses. Real friends will not lie to you. They will be upfront with you. And they will tell you how it is. Oh, I don't really feel like going out. Oh, I'm not like, I get things come up. I'm not expecting people to, once they make plans that it's set in stone and it's like do or die. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of people I've realized will only, they're nowhere to be found unless they need you. And I thought, I was talking with my boyfriend the other day. And I was like, I feel so lonely in my friendships because I feel like no one knows me and I don't really have many true friends. I have people that I hang out with and it's completely different. I do have one friend that I've been friends with a very long time that 
I would call her in the middle of the night and know she would be there for me. She always says what she's going to do. She's always there when she says she's going to be there. And it's sad because I heard a quote about like HSP, um, highly sensitive, empathic people. And it was like, maybe it's not that you hate socializing or you hate going out. Maybe it's just that the people you surround yourself with are draining and not the right people for you. And I realized that a lot of people are not who they say they are because everyone would like to be seen as like this great person. Like I'm the best. Everyone else sucks. It's everyone else. It's not me. People could say they have right intentions and pure intentions, but they will ultimately show you through their actions. So people are not who they say they are. They are who they show you that they are. And friendship is so important. Um, It's one of the most important aspects of life. But that said, certainly some are much better than others. And it's true that people could be good for us at different times in our life when maybe when we needed them a few years ago at a certain stage, and then we just outgrow them like any type of relationship. But I'm starting to realize now that a real friend and fake friends can be hard to distinguish, but They are very different. And real friends are people you can go to for anything. You know they will always be on your side through thick and thin. Fake friends just support you when they can kind of get something out of it. Or it's just fake people seem to be on every corner. And they're ready to take advantage of you, especially in your hard times. Real friends are really hard to come by and even harder to keep. But they make the journey of life a lot more bearable. So it's hard to distinguish that genuine bond. It doesn't matter if you've known someone for three months or three years. People prove their loyalty. And fake friends kind of make you feel bad about yourself. They'll drain you of your energy. Um, And real friends, good friendships that are uplifting, they surround you with support and kindness and unending love and We talk a lot about toxic relationships here, and I think friendships have a lot to do with that too, but they're not talked about so much. But I've realized that you owe it to yourself. I owe it to myself. We owe it to ourselves to draw the line of what is acceptable behavior and calling people out on their bullshit. But you don't always have to call people out. Sometimes what I'm realizing, what I think I'm going to do is that I'm just cutting it instead of calling it out and like starting this drama, if you think the friendship is worth salvaging, by all means, please communicate and assert yourself and tell your friends, this hurt me. This isn't okay. If you don't think the friendship is worth salvaging, if this person has shown you time and time again, who they are, I would just honestly just end it. And I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop extending myself to these people. I'm going to stop asking them to hang out only to get disappointed And I think this is going to save myself a lot of, you know, it's hard to not take it personally when people treat us poorly. And unfortunately, it's taken me a long time to realize that just because someone's been in your life for many years, it doesn't mean they deserve to stay there. Long-term friends can be the fakest friends you'll ever meet, which oftentimes we have to learn the hard way. And I don't know. I would just trust your intuition here to discern. And it's not about judgment, but it's it's about discerning who deserves a spot in your life. 
And I've thought, okay, these people keep canceling on me. Maybe if I just keep asking them to hang out. And it's interesting because, you know, those people that will say, oh, yeah, we have to hang out. And then the plans just never follow through. I've, I've realized, like, stop making excuses for these people. It's so hard to wet out bad people from your life, and it's not easy to say goodbye. But, you know, you could still mean well. They could still mean well, but they're just not serving you anymore. And I've realized as someone that's an empath and an INFJ and HSP, like I have to be very choosy about who I let into my circle. I have to be very particular about who deserves to take up my energy. So I'm going to leave you with that before I start (laughs) going on my soapbox. But you should never settle for anything less than a group of people that support you and encourage you and aren't a secret quote-unquote frenemy. Because mutual friends are not, like you owe it to yourself to say goodbye to every unhealthy relationship in your life. So just know that, that you deserve people who exhibit good character and positive traits. And surround yourself with people who you would like to be more like, like people that are super positive and people that are respectful and responsible and accountable If you would like to be more of this, surround yourself with people that uplift you and make you better because I think that it's proven that we become like the people we surround ourselves with. So just keep that in mind. And I kind of just wanted to get that off my chest because it's been like weighing on me. So let me know if you can relate to this because unfortunately I think this is pretty common, but a lot of us just put up with it for the sake of having friends or for the sake of having a group of people so that we're not lonely But I want to leave you with, is it worth it? So just reflect on that moving forward. So after that... I just want to, I always think of things to say like after I'm done recording, but this brings me to my next point. Those people that you're always there for them, but it never feels reciprocated. They never feel like they're there for you. Any type of relationship, any type of healthy relationship should be a give and take. But do you find yourself just giving and all they do is take? It, it will not feel equal. Something will not feel right. And toxic people, not just relationships in terms of romantic relationships, but toxic people in general, they will be nice when they want something. But when you don't give them what they want or you don't return what they're looking for, they will ignore you or they'll be passive aggressive, ignoring people, stonewalling passive aggressiveness, it's all part of it. Like ignoring someone is passive aggressive. So when you don't, they don't get their way, they're not happy with you. And oftentimes they'll let you know that. And this could be the dark side of spirituality because at least in my interpretation of it, we're always told to forgive and forget. And this could be confusing because you think to yourself, I have to allow these energy vampires into my life because if I don't, if I 
don't let them back into my life, if I don't forgive them, I'm not loving. But forgiveness is a silent personal decision. And you could be spiritual and set boundaries. And I just want to reinforce that you could be kind and still say no to what doesn't serve you. And this leads me to my next point. I want to get into new age (laughs) fuckboys. This is like a thing, a real thing. And it's those conscious, quote unquote, conscious guys that love to seduce spiritual girls with their magical dicks, the ones that stroke your erogenous chakras with their verbal vibrations. They claim to like be in touch with their feminine energy, but it's really manipulation and knowing how to manipulate women more authentically. They will coax you with their spiritual pickup lines. They will say they love Tantra and sex is so intimate for them and they're enlightened and they love yoga. New age fuckboys are, I think, sometimes worse than regular fuckboys because they're deeper in denial and further out of integrity. I've met so many guys that are like, I love self-help. Like I, I went to India on a retreat and, and I meditate every day. And actually, I once went on a date with a guy that was like super into journaling and he would always post these motivational quotes and then he actually ended up sexually assaulting me. So how conscious could you be if you are a sexual predator and perpetrator? Hmm. So it's people in general that don't walk their talk. This is what today's episode is all about. And these guys like, regular fuckboys or new age fuckboys, they drop you after you've been naked with them. And sometimes so often they are intensely self-involved that they have no interest in your pleasure. You know, they get off on themselves. Oftentimes these people are narcissists in disguise. They're very um, self-obsessed. like They really don't have any interest in transparent conversation. They don't know how to navigate boundaries. And this could be applied to anyone that is toxic or a quote-unquote fuckboy. But the reality of these people is a vast disappointment from the conscious, motivated, like, personal development act that they portray online. And in these incestuous New Age communities, these fuckboys run free because they can hide behind faulty new age philosophy. Like it's all a reflection and they'll gaslight you and run from responsibility. And you find yourself with this supposedly spiritual person, yet you find yourselves needing to negotiate the contract of the encounter. So get clear. I've realized asking people what they want only goes so far Um, because they oftentimes will lie and sugarcoat it and tell you what you want to hear. But know what you want. And if it's purely sexual, tell them what you like and what you want. Because you deserve pleasure and you deserve satisfaction from intimacy, not just men. So get your pleasure, put your pleasure and the safety of your heart first. Because these people, these fuckboys, they are a wolf in sheep's clothing. They're a tricky breed. They'll use their polyamory as an excuse to fuck every girl. And don't be hypnotized by this. Don't be like, don't let them over-exaggerate themselves to you. Because if you're polyamorous, that's completely fine. But just be straight up with your intentions. 
And don't say like, oh, I'm all about free love and I won't commit to someone because I believe that my dick needs to go into every walking thing because I have to spread the good energy. Like, no, if that's not what you want, girl, don't settle for it. Because if he's a new age fuckboy, the best you can hope for is a one night stand. And something that I find really funny that I've heard someone tell me that the guy said to them that he can't wear a condom because it stops the flow of energy and will ruin the vibration. Just walk out the door. Just leave. Okay? Because this is just, mm -mm, this is not cool. That's actually a thing that really bothers me is a lot of people these days will not even offer to use a condom. Oh, they just happen to be allergic. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, there's polyisoprene condoms for that if you're allergic to latex. If you're not even offering to protect me from sexually transmitted infections or you don't care if I get pregnant because it's not your worry, you're not enlightened, my friend. Barely any of us are. So just be aware of this because we can make the best decisions moving forward if we know what we are dealing with. And this is just something else that really irritates me. I don't know why a lot of people don't offer to use condoms anymore. That's why one in two of us are walking around with a sexually transmitted disease. And oftentimes many of us do not even know about it. So if you learn anything from the segment, it's to get tested and know what you're dealing with because people are pretty good at manipulation. And it's interesting. I read an article not too long ago with my boyfriend that the guy who played Barney, I mean, I'm a millennial, so Barney was everything growing up. He's now like a tantric sex coach, quote unquote, and he makes women pay to have sex with him unprotected to get the good energy flowing, you know? And he claims he can heal women of their sexual trauma. And this made me laugh, but it was also very like frightening to see that people buy this um, because someone that has dealt with sexual violence and needs sexual healing, I wouldn't suggest like having unprotected sex to heal that because that's just going to make matters worse. But the dark side and the real truth of it is that like anything else, sexual, um, spirituality could have a very dark side to it. We all have ideas about what it means to be a spiritual person. And this could span from what someone wears to how they feel to relationships and habits and burning sage and lighting incense and routines. And as a result, we tend to associate spirituality with connotations of perfectionism measured up against our own imagined ideals. But practicing spirituality, and I'm sure many of you are spiritual seekers and truth tellers and light workers, since you're listening to this, it can make a profound impact on your life. Yet this makes it easy to overlook spiritual bypassing. And it, it's never even like crossed my mind that it was possible to co-op spirituality as an unhealthy coping mechanism like how one might lean on to drugs or alcohol. And what became blatantly obvious to me in the last couple of weeks is spiritual bypassing. And this is avoiding, evading, and deflecting parts of myself through spirituality, kind of like a band-aid to cover up the wounds underneath, which hasn't or hadn't up until that point been dealt with. So what is spiritual bypassing? 
many of us, well, this could be defined as spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep personal, emotional, and unfinished business to kind of shore up a shaky sense of self or to belittle basic needs, feelings, and developmental tasks. So most of us, in layman's terms, are aware of toxic positivity, where one may attempt to endlessly feel good in order not to attract bad things into their life, often practice alongside the slogan of our thoughts create reality. But there's a deeper layer of spiritual bypassing, which appears more subtle. And in my case, I use spiritual practices as a way to compensate for low esteem and social anxiety. Practicing meditation and yoga felt safer and within my control, allowing myself to withdraw from both uncomfortable emotions and the messiness of reality. And it was an excuse to avoid fostering human connection. It masked the feelings of loneliness, yet isolated myself even further. So at the core of all spiritual bypassing is avoidance and repression. So an example and signs that you might be spiritually bypassing is It could show for everyone differently, but some examples are being overly optimistic or avoiding the negative, being overly detached from experiences around you, constantly reaching for spirituality to get you through a crisis, obsessing over horoscopes, spending all your money on psychics and healings, I've been there, (laughs) or rationalizing your experiences and feelings through spiritual practices, um, or choosing to meditate instead of feeling your feelings. So it's really like a coping mechanism. It's this black and white area. It's either all or nothing. There's no balance. There's no gray area. And many of us could relate to the world solely through spiritual concepts without acknowledging reality. Like, oh, everything is a hallucination. This world isn't real. It's a delusion. So I don't have to deal with my problems. And this could lead us to anger avoidance, Avoiding social situations that could disrupt your spiritual practice. This reminds me of when I had my eating disorder and I would cancel plans or not go to school or call out of work to get my exercise in. It's sort of, the difference is it becomes compulsive. It feels like an obsession. Um, This could also be judging other people that aren't spiritual or aren't into these practices. And this is a psychological process and form of cognitive dissonance. And ironically, spiritual bypassing actually prevents us from spiritual growth. It stunts our emotional capacity to deal with uncomfortable truths. And this could be dangerous because it causes us to not only disconnect from the world that we are living in, we have to deal with the 3D world while we're in it, but it also disconnects us from everyone around us. It leads to this sort of superiority and feeling righteous, like, oh, you're not conscious, thereby I'm better than you. It's a form of psychological disintegration and protection where the disownment of certain aspects of ourselves, realizing that we're still imperfect, we're still human, it leads us to kind of become unwhole. And that result is over time, even if you've been rigorously practicing spirituality, the lessons and effects deep down mentally really can't take place. And often these uncomfortable truths will resurface and rear their ugly heads again, causing you to be confronted with the fact it hasn't truly been dealt with. So with that being said, my final thoughts is that 
spiritual bypassing clearly runs very deep. And within those of us that practice spirituality, at some point we've all engaged in this in some capacity. It could come as a rude shock once we realize this, but we have to choose to confront it instead of hiding in the shadows. So really reflect on this and confront to overcome, confront to overcome spiritual bypassing. So before reaching for a spiritual solution, I first want you to examine the situation honestly with all other parts of yourself and face and feel your emotions fully. Challenge your spiritual explanations. And if you have someone you can trust, ask them for their honest opinion especially if they're a spiritual coach or you can find a teacher that you see as a mentor and that you can truly look up to. And lastly, I want to discuss this other part of spirituality that could often be based out of ego. And an example I actually heard today while I was listening to an audiobook is Lululemon. I have nothing against Lululemon. I don't have any of their clothes because I've just never felt like investing even though I do practice yoga literally every single day. But a lot of spirituality has been stripped in the modern yoga practice. I see a lot of people that have come in and out of my own yoga studio. Yoga could be like a rich white person thing. A lot of yoga is extremely expensive. And yoga, especially online, there's nothing wrong with the physical asana, but it's become more about how you look. And it's based in this egotistical mindset. For example, Lululemon, their website, their catalog, all the bodies are perfect. They're literally like perfect bodies, often unattainable bodies. And it's all about the way you look in yoga. You have to have this perky, cute little butt and this crop top on. And it's just all about the ego. And yoga is less about getting crow pose or doing a handstand. And it's more about the breath. It's more about getting comfortable in the uncomfortable poses. It's, it's literally has nothing to do with the way you look. Yoga is a dance. It's movement. It's tuning into our bodies. It's also learning that because Savasana, final corpse pose, the last pose is the most important pose because it's about stillness. And another thing that really irks me is this whole idea of, I've worked with many spiritual teachers and coaches, and what aggravates me is these spiritual teachers that are making it unattainable to work with them. They make it far too unaffordable. They charge $10,000 to have two sessions with them. And this I can't understand, honestly. This is what really upsets me because It's saying you could only be healed if you're wealthy. If you're past a certain socioeconomic status, then you're worthy of working with me. And that makes me really sad because I've had a few teachers that I've really wanted to work with, but it was far out of my budget. And I've spent hundreds and thousands of dollars to work with spiritual teachers. So you could only imagine, like, I'm sorry, I don't see the point in charging someone $700 to talk to you for an hour. I think that healing should be affordable. I think that coaching should be, everyone is entitled to heal. Everyone's entitled to get this information. But a lot of times these spiritual teachers charge more than they know that it's worth because I could see $300 for a one hour session That's kind of my max personally, but 
I just don't find it fair. I don't find it reasonable. I don't find it realistic. And I think a lot of spiritual teachers, quote unquote, will take advantage of people because they know that they will do whatever. It's kind of like this desperation point where it's like, I can't deal with this. And it's really hampering and harboring like a lot of bad feelings and making my life not livable. Thereby, I'll spend $20,000 to work with you because you claim that you are the answer to all of my problems. And as someone that is a spiritual student and teacher, I want to let you know that this is kind of a scam, honestly. These people that are charging a year's worth salary to work with them to talk. Like, what are you going to do? Make me grow wings? I, I personally don't get it. I think that self-worth and investing in yourself is the best investment that we could make. But I think to a point we have to realize like this is just not cool. And it's kind of like skincare, right? Because I remember growing up, I would shop at Sephora because I always thought the more expensive, the more flashy, the more pricey, the better. But I've realized that you could spend a shit ton less money and get something equally as good, if not better and more natural. It's all about the marketing, right? So I just want to inform you that you could find someone who will work with you that's within reason, that fits your budget, that is just as good. Just to note, spiritual people could be really shitty people. And I was using air quotes because I know a lot of people, yoga teachers, meditation teachers, energy healers, that aren't who they say they are. There's a lot of hypocrites in the spiritual community. And there's nothing wrong with working with someone as a guide, but please don't expect them to be your savior and to solve all of your problems. Don't sacrifice your sanity and your capability to like own a mortgage on a house to work with people because I'm not bashing anyone for their hustle or for making a living. But I could give it a specific example. I really wanted to work with someone who was a coach and she wasn't willing to work with me. And it really rubbed me the wrong way because I had asked her if I could do a payment plan, make it more affordable because it was a pretty large chunk of money for a very small amount of sessions. And she essentially said, I'm not, my prices are only going to be going up. So you could either work with me now or pay more money. And at that point, I just got very bad vibes and I did not want to work with her as a teacher anymore. And certain individuals, it's less about helping people and more about taking advantage and making false promises because they know they can. And it's fine for something to be out of your price range. I'm not saying be stingy here. It's you know, this is how certain people make their living. So it could seem expensive, but if it doesn't seem within reason, take that as a sign. If you can't wrap your head around the number or there's any seed of doubt planted in your mind, trust that. And in a way it's kind of narcissistic because it's like saying my time is worth more than your time. And working with me is worth your entire salary and people that are only financially off and willing to sacrifice this can get a hold of me. And yes, your time is valuable and you are worth having abundance and prosperity. But if it seems too good to be true, as always, you know, it probably is. And this entire episode is around manipulative people and gaslighting. So I just want you to be aware. 
I will leave you off here with saying, trust your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, believe it. Turn inward for your highest wisdom and guidance as always. Okay, my friends, I'm sending you so much light and love. Thank you for listening. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at sex and spirituality. And I'm looking forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Take care.